Welcome back to episode 104 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back, finally, to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things Draft FBL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 17. I hope you enjoyed the World Cup because I certainly did and I have to say I was pretty pessimistic about the chances of seeing quality football, but the conditions ultimately created a very good tournament. But that book is now closed and this pod is certainly not going to give you any sort of World Cup analysis because domestic action is on the horizon and it's time to get our heads back into draft mode. Just like nurses, firefighters, police officers, draft managers know that Christmas Day is just another working day and we're now planning our wish list for Christmas morning ahead of the Premier League's return on Boxing Day. Usually at this point I would do a little recap of the last game week but that feels pretty irrelevant now when it all happened five weeks ago and one of the big things that will be on every fantasy manager's mind now is how we factor in form to our player evaluations. So just to give a couple of examples from my own squad, on one hand, I've got Crescencio Somerville, who came out of nowhere to become one of the most informed fantasy options before the World Cup, but has now had to watch that momentum fizzle out over the last month. And on the other end of things, I've got Bruno Fernandes, who has largely disappointed so far, but could enjoy a fresh start in a post-Ronaldo Man United uh, to get him back to the merciless consistency that we saw when he first joined the Premier League. Now, there are lots of similar examples, and personally, I feel it's going to be difficult for players to show any consistency in form from game week 16 to game week 17. Um, Also factor in the looming January transfer window, and it could make for one of the most interesting mid-season phases we're likely to see in draft FPL. I'm recording this episode on Thursday, the 22nd of December, so any team news, injury developments or press conference information are up to date as of then. And of course, subjects change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Eddie Nketiah, Brian Mbumo and Matt Doherty, plus many more. So let's get into it. So let's quickly do a roundup of some notable injuries coming out of the World Cup. I think top of everybody's list to be aware of is Gabriel Jesus, um, who picked up a knee injury, I think requiring an operation. So he's going to be out for a couple of months, which we will... Um, talk about very shortly in terms of what that could mean for your waiver options this week. Uh, Richarlison has got a hamstring injury. He's going to be out for Spurs for uh, six weeks or so. Also teammate, uh, Spurs teammate that is Ben Tanker is going to be out for a few weeks. Other than that, I think we should expect rest for many of the French and particularly Argentinian players. So the likes of Martinez in goal for Villa. Um, McAllister in midfield for Brighton, Romero at the back for Spurs. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if any of these guys feature in game week 17. So just to factor those into your plans, I would be expecting their replacements line up for the Christmas games. Let's do Wave Watch very quickly, because as I said, um, this is now looking at what we did ahead of game week 16, which feels like a million years ago. Uh, the main players we were bringing in back then were Miggy Almiron, um, Castagna, Iwobi, Somerville and Shaw and the main players leaving were Ben Chilwell, Joe Gomez, uh, Anthony interestingly for United, Kepa and Rafael Varane. 
look at the Game Week 17 fixtures next. And the opening game at lunchtime is Brentford against Spurs, which as a Spurs fan to me feels like an upset waiting to happen. Um, Brentford obviously coming off the back of their result against Manchester City. Um, Spurs, one of the biggest um, teams affected by minutes in the World Cup. Brentford, one of the fewest. Ivan Tony is going to be breaking his neck to get some goals um, before uh, looming disciplinary action, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, and yeah, just doesn't fill me with much confidence, so I'd be just wary on this fixture. We've also got Palace against Fulham. I like Palace in this game. Very little World Cup hangover for them, um, whereas Fulham actually had quite a number of players involved. Though none of them went particularly deep into the competition, I would still just about bet on Palace here. Uh, Everton Wolves, two teams who shouldn't really be troubled by any World Cup hangover either. I'd be backing the home team here again. Everton have got the players um, to win games, but just look like they still need more time to develop under Lampard. So perhaps this break uh, will have done them well. Wolves, on the other hand, I just feel a short in terms of the quality of their squad. And I think they do need to add um, possibly another striker and midfielder in January if they're going to stay up. Leicester against Newcastle should be a good game, um, could be very tight, so possibly one to look at for the defenders. Possibly could apply the exact same analysis to Southampton against Brighton. I don't really see that being uh, a particularly high scoring game. Uh, then got Villa against Liverpool. A few injuries for both teams in this one. Obviously, Liverpool got the big setback of Louis Diaz being out for another few months. Jota is still um, in the treatment room, so it will probably be a front three of Salah, Firmino and um, Darwin, which is nothing really to be sniffed at, but they don't have much coming off the bench. And I think Villa will actually be looking at this as um, a game that they can really get at Liverpool um, and could be one of the best watches of the weekend. Then there's Arsenal against West Ham, and uh, despite that injury to Gabriel Jesus, I would still expect Arsenal to win this fixture. Um, then Chelsea against Bournemouth. On paper, should be a pretty comfortable win for Chelsea there. United Forest, again, should be a pretty comfortable win, I think, for the home side. Although they will have uh, Lindelof and Maguire as their centre-back pairing with Martinez still celebrating. And Varane out injured as well for France. And then finally is Leeds against Manchester City, which um, I think will be a pretty comfortable win for City, even though they will be nursing quite a few players back from the World Cup. Leeds are also battling quite a number of injuries and illnesses and suspensions to some quite key squad members. Um, so I don't see City really being troubled there. Let's get into the main picks then. And the first one on my list is Matt Doherty for Spurs, who I'm pretty sure uh, must be up there as one of the most regular names I pull out on this podcast um, and possibly then one of the most regular disappointments. Uh, his ownership is pretty high, actually. It's about 62% in eight-team leagues and then varies as the leagues get higher. And he's likely going to be the main option at left wing-back for uh, particularly the next game, at least. Sessegnon's still out injured. Perisic will have to be managed carefully back into the Premier League. He was um, part of that Croatia squad that all seemed absolutely knackered. Um, and I think even if he, he was fully fit, probably wouldn't be able to start all the games over the festive period. Matt Doherty has scored four goals in the three friendlies that Spurs have played during the World Cup. He's only started three league games all season, so his returns have been limited. Personally, I would still rather see him get a run at right wing back over Emerson Royale. But uh, it looks like for the time being, at least Doherty will get his opportunity on the other side. 
Spurs don't have too bad a run over the festive period. They got Brentford away on Boxing Day, then have Villa at home and then Palace away um, before a slightly trickier run. But if you're just looking at the next few weeks, you know, a Spurs defender or attacker, if there are any available, not a bad option. On the other side of North London, uh, I'm going to highlight Ben White. His ownership uh, around 43%, which I'd say is probably too low for a starting Arsenal defender. And I would grab him if he's available in your league. They've got West Ham at home, Brighton away and Newcastle at home in their next three, which isn't bad. And I think we're likely to see Ben White continuing at, uh, at right back for now. Into midfield then, and I'm going to start with Miggy Amron. His ownership in eight team leagues is just under half at 46%. Um, and lest we forget, let me just remind you, Amron is currently the highest scoring FPL midfielder as we approach the halfway mark. Eight goals and two assists, 93 points. That's three more than De Bruyne and 11 more points than Mo Salah. Now, the conundrum I alluded to at the beginning is as applicable to Almiron as it is to anybody. Managers who have enjoyed the points so far need to decide if they're looking to stick or twist. Now, I'm not fortunate enough to have him in any of my draft teams, but if I did, I would be continuing to roll with Almiron unless somebody offers me something too good to turn down. Next is uh, Man United's new boy, Anthony. His ownership just over a third at 36%. His first choice to start on the right wing and little doubt now that Sancho is in the doghouse. Uh, United have a very nice little trio of festive fixtures with Forest at home, Wolves away and Bournemouth at home. I think that's possibly the best set over the festive period um, aside from Fulham, which I'll mention in a minute and should be a really good opportunity for him to build on the three league goals that he's already got. The final midfielder I'm going to highlight in this uh, main section is Andreas Pereira for Fulham. He's their joint FPL top scorer with uh, Mitrovic on 61 points. Uh, he's got two goals and five assists for the season so far. He started every single game um, and has pretty much looked their best player this season. Now, the reason that Andreas and Fulham in general um, are important to highlight at this stage is because they have got an upcoming double game week in game week 19. So they've got a very nice fixture away at Palace, followed by Southampton at home, and then have the double in game week 19 of away to Leicester and Chelsea at home. So four games for the price of three. And if Andreas isn't available in your league, as he might not be for many of the more engaged leagues, then you could also be looking to the likes of Dekeldover Reed, Willian, maybe even Dan James, and then if you fancy it, uh, any of their defensive options. Let's look at some striker options. I'm going to start with um, a player who I would imagine is going to be top, uh, if not very close to top, of the wavered in list next week, and that's Eddie Nketiah for Arsenal. So Jesus, obviously out for a while now, um, and no doubt many of you will have been looking for him when penciling in your waivers, if you've already had a look. But I was pretty surprised, actually, how high his ownership is. Um, in eight-team leagues, it's up around 70%, which I think is probably more a reflection of how many less engaged leagues there are. If you go up to higher um, league sizes, sort of between uh, 9 and 12, the ownership seems to sit around 43 44%, which seems a bit more accurate. So I'd guess for most of you listening, he's available in just over half of your leagues. No goals or assists so far this year, but he's barely had any opportunities um, with even very small stints off the bench. If Arsenal want to continue their title race, they're going to need to see big things 
from Enketia over the next couple of months. And he's going to have to prove he was worth the new contract he got in the summer. I think there are a lot of um, mediocre starting strikers that could and should be thrown away for Enketia. Uh, as his value just stands out when he's surrounded by the likes of Saka, Martinelli um, and Odegaard. Another one to mention is Alvarez for Manchester City, um, obviously just coming off the back of a pretty impressive set of performances in the World Cup. I don't think we've we've seen many games with Alvarez starting alongside Haaland, not in the league at least. Um, he's mainly been an alternative when we saw Haaland out for a few games, but I would be pretty excited to see um, uh, Manchester City starting eleven that includes Alvarez with Haaland and possibly the likes of Foden in there somewhere too. Um, reasonable ownership is up at about 35% um, across uh, the most common leagues at the moment. And depending on the composition of your squad, he could be one that you might just want to pick up and hang on to to see what happens over the next few weeks. The final striker to mention in this main section is Brian and Brumo. Now, his ownership is around 26%, so he'll be available for a lot of leagues out there. Um, now, he's done nothing newsworthy this season, but what has been in the news, unfortunately, is Ivan Tony's gambling activities from a couple of years ago, which sadly for him could see him banned for a little while um, as a punishment from the FA. So we've seen some hefty bans for similar cases in the past. Um, Daniel Sturridge and Andres Townsend getting a few months each, while Joey Barton was famously banned for just over a year uh, when many years of gambling activity came to light from him. Unfortunately for Tony, the, the FA seemed pretty consistent in making examples of players caught out like this, and so it could end up missing a significant chunk of this season at a minimum. This means the likes of Mbrumo and the supporting cast will have to provide the goal-scoring threat for much of this year. But you might be totally justified to just say, I'm going to avoid the Brentford attack, as it would seem fairly logical the overall output will decrease if Tony goes. But if he sat there and you fancy it, it's probably not too soon to uh, to grab him and say maybe the likes of Visser as well, who have generally been pretty regular starters anyway. Let's look at some hidden gems. I'm not going to go into too much detail with some of these guys. Um, firstly, a Stupinan for Brighton, who's been impressive this year. So he's an easy way into their defence if you want to. Um, ownership less than 3% across most leagues. Also going to talk about his teammate Matoma, who we also saw a little bit of in the World Cup for Japan. Uh, before the break, he, he started a couple of games, got a goal and an assist. Um, before that, just a few substitute appearances. He looks very lively, very creative. Um, and I think in a team that seems to still be regularly relying on Adam Lalana, I can't really see Matoma um, not getting a good chance in this squad moving forward. A couple of other players to emerge um, just before the World Cup for Leeds. Um, player who I mentioned at the beginning, Crescencio Somerville, who I was fortunate enough to pick up in Game Week 14. Scored in four successive games, also got a double-digit haul in Game Week 15 when he scored and assisted. So he's now on four goals and one assist for the season. And the way he's gone, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a set starter for the time being. Leeds do have a tricky fixture at home to Manchester City, but then the run is quite nice after that into February. He is nursing a slight knock, which could be the only thing that goes against him starting this next game. But either way, he definitely should be on your radar. A player who's probably um, just behind Somerville in terms of uh, how prevalent he should be on your radar is Wilfried Nonto, who is a 19-year-old uh, Italian player for Leeds, who we've seen come off the bench in those last three games. And he got an assist in their home game against Bournemouth that they won 4-3. 
he's really one that I would be uh, having a, a look at if I was in a very large league, you know, 14, 15, 16, where the likes of him would need to be picked up because if he does go on a run of form, then blink and you'll miss him on the waiver pile. And then finally for West Ham is their new Brazilian Paqueta, um, another player that we saw a decent amount of for Brazil in the World Cup, whose run was then cut short by Croatia. He's featured pretty heavily for West Ham so far, but just two assists from the eight appearances he's made. And I think as the season goes on, they'll be looking to incorporate him a lot more. um, And I think they'll be expecting a lot more of him in terms of a productive attacking output. His ownership is at 9%, so he has been picked up by a decent number of you already. Similar to the Leeds boys, he might be one to wait another week as West Ham are away to Arsenal this week, but then the, the run opens up quite nicely into February. Next, the most hidden gem picks. This is a player with less than 10% ownership in 16 team leagues. Um, You know, so we're really scraping the barrel here. Got a a sort of a boring option and then a slightly more wildcard option. The boring option is Bella Kotchat for Southampton. Uh, Their game at home to Brighton could be a reasonable way into a clean sheet. Um, the, the more wildcard option is uh, Iose Perez for Leicester. Started the other night and scored. Obviously got a couple of players coming back from the World Cup. I'm not sure if Madison's still fully fit. Could even come off the bench. Playing at home, they'll be hoping to catch Newcastle slightly cold um, after the break. And yeah, so he's the more wildcard punt, but not someone I'll personally be going for. A few names on the get rid list. Uh, Armando Brozier, uh, unfortunately, looks like he sustained a pretty nasty knee injury, which would seem like an ACL until I'm told otherwise. So that will probably see him done for the remainder of the season. Um, Louis Diaz, who I mentioned, I think this will have to be an individual decision, really, depending on how your season is going and your current league positioning. But initial reports are that he's out for another three months. And if we assume he's back around the beginning of April time, That's around 10 matches left and you need to weigh up if he's worth hanging on to when he's going to miss most of the games left to play. And then finally is Ivan Tony, as I mentioned earlier, hefty ban incoming. He'll be okay for the next three or four, but the FA judgment will then come not long into the new year. And a ban probably of around a year is definitely not out of the question. Offering Tony as trade bait to the uninformed is, of course, mildly frowned upon, but perfectly legitimate. So that's it for this episode. Um, Just like all of you, I am just getting back into the swing of things and the cogs are still definitely not turning as smoothly as they were uh, a month or so ago. A reminder that the waiver deadline is on Christmas Day at 11 o'clock in the morning UK time ahead of the lunchtime kickoff on Boxing Day, which, as I mentioned, is Brentford against Spurs. As is always the case at Christmas, the turnaround is then very tight uh, between game week 17 and 18. Those games start on the 30th, um, but of course we will get a podcast out in the meantime ahead of that one. It just may not be the longest. If you haven't already, make sure you head over to draftfc.co.uk and sign up so that you get full access 
to all of the dashboards. There is a seven-day free trial for new members, so you can see what you're missing out on without having to part with any of your hard-earned cash. Um, following that, it is a monthly subscription. What this gives you, though, is access to all of the ownership stats that I mention in these podcasts. You get to see how all the players' ownership is changing from week to week. You can see personalised stats for your team and league in the personal dashboard, which will hopefully create some great talking points in your league chat. And one of the best features, in my opinion, and a newish one, is the global rank feature, which lets you see where your league ranks in the entire world ranked against other leagues that are the same size of yours. So, for example, in eight team leagues, there are 34,000 leagues out there and you'll be able to see where you rank amongst all of them based on the average points that the teams in your league are scoring. So obviously one of the biggest uh, downsides people mention when they're talking about draft FPL is that it is pretty much only contained to your league and there are no bragging rights that you can extend elsewhere like you can in the normal game. Well, now you can. You don't have to be a signed up member though to head to the website and check out our Christmas quiz, which is based on all of our draft data. 10 questions, see how you do on there and let us know on Twitter. If you're a fan of the podcast and you're not already subscribed, please do so so you don't miss out on any future episodes as they drop. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Android Podcasts, plus all the other aggregators too. So make sure you follow on whichever one you use. So I'm going to leave things there for now. I hope you all have a great Christmas and some well-deserved rest if you're lucky enough to have some time off. And I wish you all a prosperous new year in the next episode. But until then, stay shook.